Hearing Mama's Tribe host Gretchen is a mother of five children, three of whom have hard of hearing. Listen as Gretchen interviews other hearing mamas and maybe an occasional dad or child, too. Other guests will include people who help children who are deaf or hard of hearing. Thrive, including audiologists, speech therapists, teachers of the deaf, doctors, and other professionals. Due to the nature of this subject, some of the names and identifying features have been changed to protect their identities. But the voices and the stories are their own. This podcast is intended for families to share their own personal journeys without judgment. Please respect and honor each family's choices. All information presented is educational and should not be misconstrued as personal medical advice. Hey, Allison. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today to join me. May is Better Hearing and Speech Month, so we've been spotlighting audiologists and people who work with children who are deaf or hard of hearing. And Allison happens to be my sister-in-law. That will be very apparent when you see our last names. <laughs> she was nice enough to join me. I'm just going to let Allison introduce herself. She can tell you what she does. How about you take it away, Allison, introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a speech therapy resource author. I have a website, allisonfors.com, where I blog and all that kind of stuff. I have worked as a speech therapist in schools, K through 12, also the clinic setting. Right now I'm doing my online stuff from home with my four and my one-year-old. That's my background with speech. And similar to you, I have a daughter with Stickler syndrome. So we've navigated that world of speech and hearing with our own children. Yes. Little did we know that um, our husbands might have picked us for our majors in college. Actually, their kids are the ones that got lucky. I wanted you to share tips of how to build language in children. And really building language and creating that language-rich environment, it's not all that different whether you have a child with typical hearing or who's hard of hearing. I feel like I'm sharing these tips all the time with parents. One of my favorite ones to discuss, because this one's especially hard for first-time parents and was weird for me at first as well, is something called parallel talk and self-talk. Parallel talk is basically when you're narrating your day just as you're going through it. Basically, you're just constantly talking throughout your day around your baby, which for me, I'm more of an introvert. I'm more quiet. And it's really strange to just be talking to like the room basically with your infant in it. But just doing that, going through your day, oh, I'm cutting the carrots, cut, 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 or let's mop the floor. That exposes them to way more language. And just think about how that compound, compounds day after day, year after year. Parallel talk is where you're telling the kid what they're doing. Self-talk is what you're doing. So both of those, doing both of those throughout your day. Another kind of trick I tell parents is there is something called parentese. It is different from baby talk. Some parents despise baby talk. And I tell them, that's okay because parentese is better. <laughs> so it's, they're very similar, but baby talk it has those made up words in it. Like, oh, let's go get your baba. Parentese is still that, those like intonations, the higher pitch, the elongated vowels, but it's real words, correct grammar, that type of thing. And kids, infants respond to that type of language much better than like how you would talk to an adult. It engages them more. I think it provides like the time and the space for them to hear and understand and even respond back, even in like babbling or whatever they're doing or with signs or gestures. So that's probably my number one tip with the parallel talk, the self-talk and keep that like motherese talk going, basically just talk all the time. 
<laughs> yes. Talk all the time. Um, you tell them what you're yeah. doing all the time. And that comes they're... natural to some people and not to other people. So it just depends on who you are. <laughs> Especially if you're home alone with the child. I feel yeah. like families where there's multiple children, there is more language. I remember when I, when I had our first, I'm home alone in the apartment by myself with a baby. And you're right. It's either me talking or no one's talking. Although I do think that that's also where parents getting together with another friend and actually just moms walk all the time and pushing their strollers, which they don't really understand. That's actually also really good for their babies to hear a conversation back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that also builds different part of language. And these things that you naturally, I think we see are things that actually do help them build language in babies. So yeah, even infants, they're, they're listening and they're like, they're almost like collecting data on the different sound patterns and different sounds. So even though they're so young, first words don't come until around 12 months old, but there's actually a lot of milestones that occur before that first year mark in babbling and in gestures like pointing or clapping, imitating actions. And they pick up on that just from watching us go throughout our day. Sometimes parents get overwhelmed with like how I feel like I'm letting my kid down if they're only one month old. Learn how to incorporate that into your daily routines, like into bath time, like feeding time. And when you're in the car, do it while you're already doing the things you're already doing. Don't think of it as like another thing to add to your to-do list. Can you share some milestones that parents should be looking for when they're looking for kids developing language? Like what are some of the common milestones they should be aware of? So let's say like pre-verbal, pre-words. Babbling starts probably about four to six months, like the ma, 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 da, da, da. And you want to see that over time, more sounds come into babbling and then also some variations with different vowels or like dadu, you know, where it like changes up the vowel, some early sounds that you're going to hear and that you can imitate for your child are MPB. That's where the lips close. So it's easier. It's also easier for them to see that if you're showing them like, oh, ma, 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 uh, papa, it's easier for them to visualize that. Some other early sounds are D, N, even like H and W. Those ones are easier because it's more like letting like a ha, letting air out or a whoa, whoa, which is like a vowel. So it's easier for them. So early sounds, definitely modeling those for children. And then children imitate actions before they imitate words. So why that's important is a lot of times we're just so focused on like getting those words. But if the child's not imitating like a clap or you think of those cause effect toys, like those baby toys where they like hit something and the ball goes down or makes a noise, they should be imitating those types of things that comes before words. And then also pointing or choosing between two items. Like you hold up two things, like two food items or two toys, and they pick one. These are all pre-verbal skills that are going to occur before spoken words. Another thing, this is another actual like tip I share a lot with parents for early language development. Even if someone is not looking to teach your child sign language, it's really helpful for kids to see that cause and effect with, oh, if I do this, if I do a more sign, then I get what I want. And that's easier than words is doing some signs. So like all those baby signs are awesome for just teaching a child how communication works. And also eliminating some tantrums or crying because they're able to communicate at a young age. You can start signs at, I think maybe my son was first using signs at like six months old to ask for things to request milk or he's all done in the high chair. 
which it's helping them understand the purpose of communication, how it works, eliminating tantrums. And research has shown that children who use a sign or gesture for an object use that spoken word three months later. It's a great stepping stone to spoken language if that's the direction that you're headed. That's a really great tip. I didn't actually realize that. And then how many, about how many words should a baby have about by the age of one? So what's the milestone there? Typically two to six words. And then by 18 months is usually 50 words and they're putting together uh, two word like phrases, like more milk. And then by two years old, it's 200 to 300 words. There's a big, huge explosion, like 18, you know, two months to two years old. That's where Mm -hmm. we see a lot of it. Okay. If you, if mom's listening to this or a dad and they think, okay, we're not seeing some of those pre-verbal signs, they don't have any words or language. What's the first step they should take if they have some concerns? Probably to go to get a speech eval. So going to your pediatrician, telling them your concerns, asking for a speech eval. I always say better safe than sorry. Sometimes you you got to advocate for your child and push for an eval because look, it's not going to hurt. If you go in and they're testing normally, then when you have that peace of mind, but if they're behind, the earlier, the better, like early intervention is critical for children to catch up. You don't want to wait. So getting an eval, getting services, if you need to be the first step. And, and then obviously doing what you can at home, taking time to try to teach them some of those skills, model those skills for them. Those are great tips. What is one of your favorite books to read to kids? Cause that's another thing we haven't uh, talked about reading. I remember when I had my first child, somebody came to my house, one of the early intervention people. And she said, you should read to her out loud. And I thought, yeah, she's six weeks old, but little did I know that was actually a super great tip. And we did start doing that. And I know that also builds language. So maybe your does. top few books that are great for building language with infants and toddlers. Reading is awesome for building language, especially with like rhyming or some like patterns like that. Lots of repetition. Some of my favorite books for those for babies with repetition and rhyming are Sandra Boyton books, Moo Blah Blah, like she has so many, but not the hippopotamus. She has great ones. There's a bedtime one. We probably have 10 of them. Research shows it's actually better to read the same books to kids over and over again than switching it up because they learn more that way, which is can sometimes drive us crazy. But it's Good funny when kids like kids, they go for the same books and that's why it's predictable. They know what to expect. It's more fun for them because they know when they turn the page, it'll be this word or whatever. Reading to infants is great. And a tip I share is that sometimes surprises people. It's better to sit face to face while you're reading rather than having the child in your lap, because that provides uh, the opportunity for them to see your mouth moving, to see your facial expressions, to see your gestures, get interactive with it. You can be throwing your arms up or, you know, making little silly faces or whatever, animate the story. And that way they can see you. Yeah. Reading is, I would say is a top tip for language development. And actually that made me think of that most local public libraries have some type of toddler time or story time. And that's what you see the librarians do sit in front, pick big pictures with big, very engaging and big signs and things like that. And so if that's a great place to or a thing to look for too, is see if your local library has a toddler time or infant time, because mm-hmm. that's another great way to get some language. Okay. Thanks for sharing all these tips. What is the one thing you would say if you had a friend or somebody, they thought that there were some issues with their hearing. What's the one tip that you would give the parent, like your biggest tip? My biggest tip, 
So if, a, if their child has hearing loss, just keep all that language input coming. Even with my daughter, this has happened where I'm like, I don't know if she can hear me. And then you really wonder how much are they hearing or does it sound muffled? I feel like I almost need to expose more language. I would just say, keep up with all of that, like that language rich environment. Be around other kids. If they're an only child, like if they're on other kids, because that's a great way for them to be exposed to lots of new language as well. I'd also tell them parenting is hard enough and you're hard enough on yourself as a parent. There's so much guilt involved with parenthood. So it's like, it's not your fault. You're doing much better than you think you are. And also just keep going to appointments, like just stay on top of their appointments, advocate for them. Don't be scared. If you don't necessarily agree or you have questions with audiologists or the doctor, don't pull back on asking those questions or pushing for things for your child best. You're the parent, them best. You have that parent intuition for them. So it's easy to just hear what a doctor is saying and be like, okay. And they they are professional, but they have a lot of knowledge, but they don't know your child. So don't be scared to advocate. Yes. Okay. So Allison, thank you so much for sharing all these great tips with us today. Where can people find you? At a website, allisonfors.com. I am also on Instagram at speech.allisonfors. I'm everywhere. But if you land on my website, you'll find me all the other places. Okay. And where do you share resources and is it available for parents if they want some written resources? Yeah. So I have a Teachers Pay Teachers store. It's my name, Allison Fours. You can also find all my resources on my website. Most of my resources are more geared towards educators and speech therapists, but I do have some activities that are great to utilize at home with your kids to supplement speech therapy or help increase language development. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much, Allison, for joining me today. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Hearing Mama's Tribe podcast. I'm so appreciative for those who are willing to share their stories. And I hope as we share and listen to these stories, that our hearts can be uplifted and we can find joy in this journey together. I welcome you into our tribe. If you're a parent, a mom, a dad, or a professional who serves these children and would love to share their story, please check out the show notes for how to get in touch. Please like, subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave us a review. That way more people will find this podcast. Thanks for being part of this journey. 